Man, I love you, Wayne. Even though you're a Packers fan and you're in for a long day on Sunday at Dallas. It is time to skip the BS, something Aaron Rodgers seldom does. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. But it is right now time for Undisputed. Time for me to welcome in two guys who played with their emotions on their sleeves and on their knees and on their feet and on every single part of their bodies and their souls. Richard Sherman and Michael Irvin. Morning, gentlemen. How are we today? Good morning, Skip. Good morning, Richard. Yeah. It's, it's playoff week now, so everything is great. And you're right, Skip. It's time, really, to skip the BS. It's time it's to time. skip the BS. Yeah. Okay. I'm just hoping both of you take it easy on me today, and I do promise to behave today. So, okay. After Sunday's win at Washington, Jerry Jones said he'd be evaluating Mike McCarthy one game at a time in the playoffs. I love that. Yet yesterday on his Dallas radio gig, Jerry clarified that comment by emphasizing he quote unquote couldn't be more pleased with the job McCarthy has done in his, of course, fourth season with the Cowboys. Of the reaction to Sunday night's comment, Jerry said, well, I was a little surprised. I don't know how I could be any clearer. Coach McCarthy's under contract for next year. And so that's not an issue. I certainly haven't sat down right here in the middle of the playoffs and started talking to him about something like a contract, something like that. Why would you do that? So Jerry is saying there obviously hasn't been any talk of a contract extension. Lord, I hope not. Certainly not yet. But the questions still remain. If the Cowboys do lose Sunday at home to Green Bay, would Jerry still say afterward that he couldn't be more pleased with McCarthy? Would he still be... uh, Obviously, that, that McCarthy would return for, for the next year of his deal, or would, would Jerry, would he fire McCarthy if they lose Sunday? Would he fire McCarthy if the Cowboys beat Green Bay and then laid an egg in a second home playoff game and fall one game short of their NFC first NFC championship game in 28 years? These are all very good, very powerful questions, very now questions. Michael, please, you start us. What do you think of all of the above? There is a lot going on in the National Football League right now. And and what Jerry said when he said, hey, this is a game to game, you have to look at not just what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys, but what's going on around the whole National Football League. We are talking, and we will talk later on about a uh, about a Mike Tumlin that's walking away. We're talking about a Mike Vrabel, your, a Bill Belichick. These are some of the great coaches that have coached in our league and in our game. Yep. The reality is this game has always been and always will be not just about winning, but about winning championships. That's what you get hired for. And all 32 teams. And yes, this is a stressful job. I tell people all the time, if you ask me, most stressful jobs in the world, I'll give you, at least certainly in our country, I'll give you POTUS as the top, but from 2 to 33 will be NFL head coaches. Agreed. That is the reality of it all. It's NFL head coaches. This is what it is. You perform under pressure. You carry the hopes of a whole city and a lot of people. So all of those hopes and all those eyes, they are watching you. And winning 12 games a season, that's great. But that's not winning championships. And in the National Football League, that's why you get hired. So saying it's game to game, that wasn't a Ferrarian slip. That was reality, and that's what it needs to be right now. Thank you. Yes, it is disastrous if you lose to Green Bay. It is absolutely disastrous if you lose to Green Bay. And if things work out great, Skip, Sherm, and, and, and say... You get a Tampa Bay, even if you beat Green Bay and you get a Tampa Bay. Good point. And you lose, and you lose to Tampa Bay, and 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 the Rams go and beat forty the Forty Niners, and you could have had a championship game in Dallas. Oh my God! Yes, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. It's it's not high. It's really bad. It's by. It's the league that we are in. I don't want to hear this. I don't care to hear it. I don't want to hear from people like Sherm and, and, and Keyshawn because all you guys want is more fodder. Oh, you still haven't done it in 31 years. You're going to put the one on there. I don't want to hear 
Pressure is good. Pressure makes the good fold, makes the great focus. Show me your part of the great focus, and let's go get it done. And I don't want to hear, you created this pressure. If you're the one in one of those other preseason situations, it wouldn't be this kind of pressure. In yeah. one of those playoff situations yeah. against the 49ers, we wouldn't have this pressure. You created it. Get yourself out of it. Beautiful. Yeah, uh, I, I hear you, Irv, but I, I don't know. I, I, Jerry, this was unnecessary. This all was unnecessary. We talk about distractions with Aaron. This is an unnecessary distraction for this team. It's an unnecessary distraction for this coach. And you're going to put him in a situation where in a game where they're potentially trailing in a playoff game, things are going to cross his mind that maybe wouldn't have crossed his mind had you not said this. And he may make some desperation play calls. Hey, we need to we need a big play here. Hey, we need to force it here. Hey, we need to go for it on fourth here, because if I don't, I'm getting fired after this game. So, sure, the pressure is great. Sure, pressure is good for any anybody. It helps. You know, pressure makes diamonds. Everybody knows this. But. For the owner of the team to go out of his way to say, hey, we're going to take this evaluation game by game is ridiculous. And then for him to turn around the next day and walk it back or attempt to walk it back is even more ridiculous. We didn't say you were having we didn't say you were having contract talks with him. We know we didn't ask you anything. You you decided out of nowhere to speak on this. And then try to try to say, well, I didn't mean that. Yes, you did. Just stand on it. It's more ridiculous trying to walk it back. Just stand 10 toes on what you said because that's what you meant. Like you said, Irv, this wasn't a Freudian slip. This wasn't an accidental speak. This, this was exactly what you meant. And it's the truth. If he doesn't beat Green Bay, if he doesn't take you to a, a, a NFC championship game, he's going home. And I think, I think he understands that. I think the whole team understands that. But I don't think it was necessary for you to say. And it's definitely not necessary for Sari, for you to walk back. We know you're not having contract talks with him, but if you fire this head coach, he will be the only, the lone head coach that got fired after taking his team to the playoffs. And he has your quarterback playing his best football of his career. And he has your team in a good position with the number two seed. There can only be one seed better. And they're tied with San Francisco for the best record in the NFC. So you can't even really make those arguments that he's not doing everything in his power. Sure, your team has lost big games. Your team has lost some games against some great opponents. I will give you that. I'm the one who stands on the table and says that, Skip. But come on, Jerry. That's enough. Mm. Michael, you want to respond? Well, I, I, I do, Skip, but I was giving you a chance right. to, to get in here. Okay. It, it, you know, but there's so much in there that he left open that, that right. I do want to respond to, but I want to give you a chance to get in. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Look, Richard. We went back and forth about this yesterday. I'm even coming at it from a different point of view than Michael is as an ex-star player for this franchise. I'm lifelong diehard. Started when I was 10 years of age. I, I know what it felt like to, to have my team play in seven Super Bowls. I know what it felt like to win five Super Bowls. I covered the locker rooms of Coach Tom Landry, and I had the honor of covering the locker rooms of Michael and Troy and Emmett and Jimmy Johnson. And I know what that felt like. And those locker rooms to me had urgency to them because there was a healthy fear in those locker rooms, a fear of Coach Landry and definitely a fear of Coach Jimmy because he rarely walked in the locker room. But when he did, everybody stopped what they were doing and mouths closed and eyes widened because Everybody was afraid somebody might get sent packing. On any given moment, Jimmy might just cut somebody. J just to send a message to the locker room, this is not acceptable. With this team now for 28 years, no NFC championship games, there's been a lack of urgency. There's been a lack of accountability. There's been a lack of good fear, healthy fear in the locker rooms. And it starts with Jerry who's not a dy dynamic leader in and of himself. This was the first time in Jerry's ownership without a Jimmy or without a Barry Switzer when I thought he stepped up and did put 10 toes down and took a stand that needed to be taken to send a message not only to the head coach but to the locker room of this will not be acceptable. I'm going game by game because we are now in a position to win two games to get to the NFC Championship game, as you say, Richard. 
And yet, Richard, yesterday you make the case that today's players, today's NFL, doesn't work like this, that players don't respond, coaches don't respond to this kind of pressure being exerted from the ownership down. And you, maybe you're right, I, I, but, but I know what I used to see in Dallas, what, what I've known worked in Dallas, and I believe it worked in Seattle with your team because you had dynamic leaders in the locker room. I, I, again, I don't know. I don't know if Pete Carroll factors into that exactly, but I, I know the Legion of Boom. You want to talk about strong personalities. I'm not sure we have strong enough personalities in the locker room, including the head coach and including the quarterback. So we need an urgent message sent that it is now time. Nothing is acceptable except winning at home where you've right. won 16 in a row beating the Green Bay Packers and then maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and getting back to an NFC championship game. That's all I'm saying. Michael, please, you respond now. Right. And, and, and I do want to explain this. First of all, when, when Sherm jumped in and, and I talked about all the things that are going on outside of the Dallas Cowboys with those guys that are being let go. There's also a guy inside of the Dallas Cowboys that they need to make a decision on or that will be making decision. And that's Dan Quinn. You know, so if you want to say, hey, can you get me over the hump? If you can't get us over this hump, do we go in another direction? Dan Quinn is looking and waiting right now to see what's going to happen. Also, with with, with his team and, and with that head coaching job, he's, his name been thrown in and, and, and linked with Carolina yeah. and, and other places. So mm -hmm. I, he's going to sit back and say, let me wait to see what happens here. And Jerry needs to make sure that 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 Dan Quinn, if he got the head coach in the building, that he doesn't let him go out the building. That's why it's on the hot seat for Mike McCarthy. But also, also guys, also th this comes down to they just we, we talked about it. Can nobody has ever done this before? Nobody has ever won a Super Bowl with one team, then come over and coach and win a Super Bowl with another. This is an opportunity. Mike McCarthy, this is an opportunity to put your name up with the greats right here. You know what I'm saying? And, and I called it out. I started by calling out the top of the football team. I have no problem with Jerry Jones calling out the top of the coaching staff. That's the, hum, that's the harmonious, the, hum, the harmony you need in that locker room right now, Skip. Sherm, everybody understands the pressure of this game and bring it to bear well, in that game. I'm going to go take it step by step, and I'm going to start with Skip and his, his locker room yeah. leader situation. Skip, these are the guys you're going to have. So I know what you're talking about, Tom Landry, and everybody had fear. There's no fear in that locker room, and there's not going to be, and there's not going to be anytime soon. C.D. Lamb is going to get $30 million soon. Michael Parsons is going to get $30, 35000000 million soon. Okay. Dak Prescott's going to get another contract soon. You're going to have to pay Tyler Smith plus probably close to $20 million a year. Okay. So things are going to start to happen in that locker room that, that, that affect everything. But it's not going to be fear. It's not going to be fear. So it doesn't matter if Mike McCarthy's the head coach, Dan Quinn's the head coach, Ben Johnson's the head coach, Bill Belichick's the head coach. There's not going to be fear. Fear is not the way you motivate these days. I'm sorry. It's, it's not. It's, it, fear is not the great motivator. And it hasn't been the great motivator in a long time. That's why you haven't seen a lot of these coaches have the kind of success that coach in that fashion uh, in a really long time. That's why you see more coaches get younger and younger and, and more hip. You see guys like Mike McDaniel getting jobs and having, having some success. You see Andy Reid kind of changing his style of coaching because that's the way you get the most out of guys, not putting the fear of death in them that, hey, you, if you don't do it my way, it's the highway. Skip, you got to remember, the last time the, the Dallas Cowboys were in the Super Bowl, these Tom Landry years, the internet didn't even exist. Skip, so you talk about things changing. Yeah. A lot has changed the since Jimmy then. Is, the, yeah. the entire right, world right. But, but, is connected. But, but he also talked about leadership in the locker room. And the fear that can't come from the head coach has to come from the guys that are leading yeah. in the locker room. The guys that are saying, hey, man, we work too damn hard to build this to where it is, to let people like anybody that's, that's not coming in and working out and working at the level that we are working, you got to pat your damn toes and get out of here. And I don't care. I'm talking about the guys in the locker room. You have to be the ones that say, hey, man, we, we can be boys. We can be friends, but you can't help me win. You got to go, and you can't play here. That's the kind of fear you got to have if you're going to do something great. 
We watch the last dance. We talk about how Michael Jordan get on people. Okay, you can't get on people like that if you're the head coach. Uh, uh, but 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 I can I can make you I can make you understand like hey dude. We do it one way around here, and if you're not doing it this way, you're not going to be accepted around here. You can get that leadership in the locker room. There's a sense of urgency they can pull out in that locker room that I need Dak to pull out. I need CeeDee Lamb to pull out. I need Michael Parsons to pull out. I need Tyron Smith. I need all of them, like minor men, like little, little managers of their department. You get the offensive line going, Michael Parsons. You get those linebackers going. C.D. Lamb, you get those wide receivers going. You can put this kind of pressure. It just has to come from those players. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go but, ahead. But Richard. those yeah. aren't the kind of guys you got, Skip. Those aren't the kind of guys you got. Hey, that's the difference. You talked about our teams in Seattle. Yeah. Those are naturally the kind of guys we had. Marshawn is a is very natural leader. He's a very yeah. charismatic guy. He's a guy yeah. that, that guys respect and guys will follow. Doug Baldwin the same way. Jermaine Curse. Cam Chancellor, of course, oh. KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner. I mean, you can go down the and list. Richard uh, Sherman. Mike Bennett. How about Richard Sherman? Does he and, you know, right, right. Richard Sherman yeah. works too. But it's yeah. just that, that you can't artificially mm-hmm. you can't artificially no. create that. It's no. either they have it or they don't. You have great players. Great players don't necessarily make great leaders. You have great players in Micah Parsons. You have Dak playing great football, but Dax may lead a different way than other people. He, he may not lead. It just may be by example. So, so C.D. Lamb, the same way. So if you don't have those vocal leaders, then maybe it does need to co- come from your coaching staff, and maybe it comes from Dan Quinn, but at the end of the day, you can't force that. Yeah. Hey, Michael, do you think Jimmy Johnson would work in today's NFL? Do I think Jimmy's a psychologist? He understands, and and, and that's what separates I think coach from a lot of these coaches. You see, coach now doing uh, uh, the pregame shows and everything. I don't know if Bill Belichick can transition to that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Jimmy knows how people. He he he. he focus and he study how people think, you know, so I believe Jimmy can transition in today's game and still in his own way put pressure because that's just the reality. You got to put pressure. What is what, what's going to happen in the last two minutes of a game? You're going to feel pressure. So all of this situation, let's make sure they don't feel pressure. Let's make sure they just have it like they, they, they that's not going to happen in a game like that. Yeah. So we need to create it here off the football field so you get used to it. So when it happens on the football field, you're used to it. It's your expectations. That's what create pressure. The expectations that are there. Teams, before you put a championship on the table, you have to put one on the table. That's the pressure of the National Football League. Yeah. Okay, so Richard, back to you. 12-5, and five, as, as Michael pointed out, it, it means nothing to me. Leading the league in offense in points scored means zero to me at this point because it just doesn't matter anymore. Now matters. It starts right now. And I look back at 12 and 5, and how many mornings did Michael and I have to come in here and take the abuse from you and Keyshawn over what happened at Arizona, the egg we laid, what happened at San Francisco, 42 to 10, that thing that happened. What, what happened at Buffalo, what happened at Miami, what happened at home against Detroit when we, we lost the game. We effectively lost it, and the referee took us off the hook. So we should have lost three straight games. We did not play well enough to beat Detroit at home, in my opinion. I think Michael concurred. And yet, because Philly fell on its face masks, all of a sudden, we stumbled backward into winning the East. And all of a sudden, we sort of stumbled backward into, oh, wait, we're the two seed? And all we had to do was go take care of business in Washington. And Michael and I both thought they played great at Washington, right. albeit against a, a pathetic team that was just fighting for its last life right. with, with, obviously, Ron Rivera as an arch yeah. rival of the Dallas Cowboys. But they felt yeah. the pressure. But they, they felt did. the I, pressure I, of this road, of yeah. these potholes in the road that yeah. they needed to get filled. And they, and they played better. They played much better. Okay. I, I got a question for you guys. I got a question for you guys because I don't think you, you – you, I think you see one side of the coin. Hey, they don't make the right decisions, then fire, fire McCarthy and everything is better. How often have you seen a coach get replaced and the team improve? How often have you seen a coach get fired and the next coach come in and improve that team and take them further the next year? The Rarely. next year? The uh, very next year? 
The, the very next, because you think right. your expectations are going to change next year? Or are you going to lower your yeah, expectations yeah. for well, another coach it, right? for a Didn't couple years? Didn't the Dolphins years? do it when they got Mike? Didn't the Dolphins do it when they found that coach? Did they get better? I mean, they, they, uh, uh, Flores had a winning winning record. They won seven in a row his last seven. They did. And then right. Right. they right. were fine. But they, they I'm just saying it's rare that a situation you have the number one offense. It doesn't get better than that. It doesn't get better than that. Your right. defense is top five. It get it really gets better than that. So you're saying, hey, let's let's replace this this coach because if you don't give Dan Quinn a job, he's gone. He's gone somewhere else. Whether yeah. he's going to be a coordinator or he's going to be a head coach, I don't think he returns to Dallas if he doesn't have the head job. Because why would he? Why would he? Why would he deal with the turnover? So you're potentially losing most of your staff. I would guess Al Harris gets a head coaching shot or interview at least, he'll definitely get a defensive coordinator job if he doesn't get a head coach look. Um, so you'll start to lose key pieces, and you'll say, hey, well, let's replace everybody. So now your team will be worse. So now you're saying, hey, we didn't win the Super Bowl, so let's get rid of everybody. Now it's going to get worse. That's how you okay. end up in the cycle so, that you guys are in. All right, no, I'll no, answer no, with no, this. No, 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 yeah, sure, go sure. ahead, Mike. Right, right. Go right. Ahead. No, no, sure. And, and sure, let's get back to this because the reality is – the Dolphins did get better with Coach McDaniels coming in. Now, even with Coach McDaniel coming in, even when you start talking wins, it wasn't just about wins. It was also about de- developing a young quarterback. Remember, they were thro- rotating in quarterbacks and all of that that they went through. Now he has made this. Not only he has developed that quarterback, he has developed a system that's going to work in Miami for quite a while now and has given to her that career. So, yes, he has made it better. I understand the premise of what you're talking about, but the reality is this. Yes, the number one offense, it was the number one offense under Kellen Moore. So so are we now we're going to get all of this to Mike McCarthy? You see what I mean? We, we, we were working the number one offense even before Mike McCarthy took over the offense. He took over a number one offense and kept it a number one offense. So tell me what was what, what's great in what he did. That's that's right there. that's easier said than done. Dak Prescott has had his best year of his career. C.D. Lamb has exploded yes. on the scene, number one in a number of categories, and the way they've used him is very unique. But I, I'm just saying, I hear what you're saying, but I, you don't want to be sitting here next year with a fired coach and y'all at a 500 record or something because what I tell I y'all, I told you so. I don't next year listening to y'all jibber-jabber-bibber-babble about how many times long <laughs> we have been through this. That's what I don't want to be sitting here next year. I, I, listen, that's the reality of it. That's what I, I'm, I'm sick of sitting here listening to this every year. Yeah, Richard. Let's just do the hypothetical. What if Mike McCarthy gets fired and somehow Jerry hires Mike Vrabel? Do you think the Cowboys would be a little better next year? Because oh. I do. I think he's a little better oh, no. football They'd coach be than Mike McCarthy. They'd be worse because who is he going to hire as his offense coordinator? Their offense in Tennessee was pedestrian. Yeah, we could. Do, we have enough pieces on offense. It would not matter. Right. You, you, yeah. You, yeah, you keep the staff together, when the, the offense staff, some of that together. You without Mike, you know, you could. That's not really how it works. If people come in, they hire their buddies. That's variable is going to bring in his guys, and that'd be the problem. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life. From gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges, therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform. It's designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash undisputedpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash undisputedpod. Your mental health journey begins here. 
Now it's your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet from James Pearson. Jerry Jones giving Mike McCarthy a vote of confidence. I think that's J.R. Ewing. Nobody gives you power. Real power is something you take. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. And a vote of confidence. Michael, did you ever watch the TV show Dallas? Fan, no fan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved loved Dallas, man. Did you? Okay. I never got into it. I watched that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did, a, did a shoot on the set of did Dallas. Did you really? In, oh, wow. Yeah, I did a shoot. It was impressive. Okay, I always thought Dallas belonged in Houston. The TV show was more about Houston than Dallas, but that's just me. All right, next up from Eric, Skip. And he's obviously a 49er fan. Skip, Dallas better win versus Green Bay. Sherman Key will be relentless. That's a fact. And he goes on right. to say, a 49ers-Dallas NFC title game would set all-time TV ratings records. He's got 49ers by 14, as we see Fred Warner in last year's divisional loss, 19 to 12 at San Francisco, pointing it back like, I got you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we want yep. you. Like, yeah. we want you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, okay. Right. They would be happy to see it him again. Be a, it, I would must be, happy be an to end see to this. Yes. There must, be, must an be an end. Third time would be the charm. Okay, and finally from Thomas Edwards, Coach Edwards, who says, Skip's prediction of how the Dallas Cowboys season would go is just like his golf game, a hole-in-one, aced it. Hole-in-one. I did yesterday. I must admit I had my first ever hole-in-one, and I felt like I had just won the Masters. I never thought I would have one, (laughs) and miracles do occur. I am living proof of that. Well, well I'm, I'm happy for you, Skip. I'm ringing the bell at Brentwood Country yeah. Club, a tradition when you have a hole-in-one. Thank Skip. you very much. Skip. Yeah, Brentwood is an exclusive now. Not, not really. I got it's into it. How can it be exclusive? That's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You're somebody. Yeah, you know, that's what you're saying, Skip. You're somebody. Yeah. Well, yesterday I was because I'm ringing the bell, the, the hole-in-one bell. I never thought it would happen, yeah. but it did. Okay, that back might to be the your real Super Bowl this year, Skip. Yeah, what's that? Say again? That might be your Super Bowl right. this year, Skip. There right, you go, right, baby. Right, right, hey. right. right. You know what I Skip, thought? That's, I thought it was an old Jimmy Johnson curse. You're right. The Jimmy Johnson curse. We got holes in ones now. In this ones. thing is lining up. It is like lined I up. don't know what. Right. It is lining up, buddy. It is right. It's that's what <laughs> Coach Edwards is saying. Thank you very much. Okay, we got to talk. A little bit of NBA, because there was a lot of NBA that happened out here in L.A. last night. Raptors coach Darko Rajakovic, first time I ever said his name, went on a table-pounding rant. I know him now. After the Raptors lost by a point last night to the Lakers in L.A., it was 132 to 131. That was a lot of points. But his point was that in the fourth quarter alone, the Lakers shot 23 free throws to Toronto's two free throws. Lakers outscored them from the free throw line 19 to 1 in the fourth quarter, yet the the Raptors were only outscored in the fourth by two points. It was 44-42 Lakers in the fourth quarter. So here's what Darko had to say. That's 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 outrageous. What happened tonight? This is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in in the fourth quarter. How is that possible? How are you going to explain that, that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. Oh, Darko. Calm <laughs> down. Okay, so he definitely has a point. Yet, lately, the Lakers have been the ones complaining in the league office that LeBron rarely gets the calls he deserves. And the irony last night was that in the fourth quarter... <laughs> LeBron shot zero free throws for the Lakers, who shot 23. Okay, so Richard, you being lifelong diehard Lakers fan, did the Raptors get a raw deal in the fourth quarter? I don't know, Skip. I mean, some of those were intentional fouls. Uh, there was there an were. offensive foul in there. There was there was, there was a, the flagrant that may have been a flagrant one. They gave us a flagrant two. Yeah, you know, when he true. elbowed uh, Cam yeah. Reddish in mm-hmm. the face, he I did. think it was. Quitly, quitly um, came so, across. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was probably, that, that was what, right, right, right. That was about, that was what, 10, 12 free throws right there. So those were kind of self-inflicted. And then the rest of them, you got to expect a team that, that has a big man that's dominating in the paint is going to get some calls. And that's, that's what happened. Now, did I think 
There were some calls that that they could have got Toronto on the three-pointer that was banked in. I thought maybe there was a foul. There was a chance. It was um, close. When they went drove for a dunk at one point, that mm-hmm. looked like a foul. But there weren't a lot of opportunities where I thought, man, they're missing these calls for Toronto, and, and they need to be calling this. I mean, the Lakers were letting them get to the cup with no resistance at times. So there wasn't no fouls. There wasn't no defense at all sometimes. Mm-hmm. So Scotty Barnes might have a grip, a gripe for, for one or two plays. But outside of that, I mean, I didn't see a ton. Yeah, at first, my first thought was, when I listened to him in the rant, I said, oh, that's going to be finable. That, that no. if they had to win, just yeah. let me know so we don't have to show up. Yeah, okay, he, that's a, that right there is going to be finable. Oh, well, we, hey, he's suggesting it was rigged, right? That's what I'm yeah. saying. Well, and the NBA is not going for that, buddy. No. Oh, they will not go for that. No. God, trust me, they're going to have that. They're going to say something about that. You talked about it, Sherm. 11 free throws were how many Anthony Davis had in, 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 in the fourth quarter. So, so, you know, but when you hear those numbers, I can understand his gripe. When you hear those numbers, and, and you guys are breaking it down, of course, you know, with, with some of the intentionals and all of that. But they do sound extreme. They sound right. extreme and like, whoa, something had to go fishy here. Something had to get funny here in that kind of situation. But, Skip, you, you talked about it. You know, he talked about, hey, if we need a star, Scotty Barnes wanted a star. So he's a face of elite. No, 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 no. What no, are you no, saying, no. yeah. That, 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 that guy on the other side over there. LeBron, yeah. uh, the AD, those are face of the league guys. Those guys over there. You guys are not. <laughs> it, 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 no. Scotty Barnes is not face of the league no. kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? Good no. player, good young player, good young player, but not, not face of the league kind of guy right now. So I, 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 I see it. I said, man, I, I don't know if, if I'm saying they were cheating or anything like that. I, I don't think that was his situation. I also thought about this guy, because I know we're talking about Draymond Green. I said to myself, hmm, I wonder even if Draymond Green did that same thing Quilly just did. Are we going to see? Because nobody said that was intentional when Quilly did it last night when yeah. he hit Cam Reddish. You know, it's just a thought that went through my head because now uh, – since he's back, Draymond Green back. If he, if one of those kind of situations, are we gonna call that unintentional? That kind of situation. That's what I thought about. I don't think this was purpose, purposeful. Um, I just think it fell out that way. Okay. Allow me to say that we have criticized and criticized and criticized some more Anthony Davis on this show to the point that our man oh, Lil Wayne. Balling. What's that? Yeah. yeah Lil Wayne balling, went so far as to say it's, it's time for him to yeah. go. And I believe that Wayne, one of the smartest people I know on the face of this earth and one of the smartest sports fans I know, was he, he was calculated. He wanted to light a new fire under Anthony, and I believe he has. Because ever since Wayne called him out, boy, Anthony has been playing, dare I say, at a top five level. His fourth quarter last night was a top five player fourth quarter because you score 20 in the fourth when the other team is is just raining threes on you and you go to the free throw line 11 times and make all 11 and even better down the stretch of that game Anthony Davis made nine straight free throws in the last 4 minutes that's extraordinary to me to me for a man that big it's like Joel Embiid can make free throws but for Anthony who's missed a lot of key free throws in the past for this team to come up that big was special to me and it it was significant to me because he's showing you he can carry the load he can still do it I know we say yeah but where will you be tomorrow night the next night the next night but that was spectacular and remember it's 132 to 131 so nobody's playing much defense here and the Lakers still I've seen him clamp down on the Clippers and I saw him clamp down on Indiana in that cup final but They weren't playing any defense last night, but the point was that Toronto does have uh, a respectable big man in Jakob Pertl. I know him. I like him. I think he's a good guy, and I think he's a smart player, and he gives you all he's got every night, and he'll give you like 11 and 8, and he couldn't play last night, so all of a sudden they got a gaping hole in their defense, and, and Anthony and LeBron took advantage of it because LeBron's just feeding Anthony like crazy, and 
He rose and he shone last night. And yet it did come down to one play and Toronto had some beef here, although I, I, I'm with the call on this. If we could see it real quick, this is 24.8 seconds left. Scotty Barnes faced the league, made another three. And he, it was cold, man. It was a cold-blooded three. And they called R.J. Barrett for a moving screen. And I thought he did because he, he, he moves into Anthony. I thought he was moving. And I thought it was a fair call. They went crazy. Toronto did because they thought they were already getting screwed. But you guys think that was a reasonable call, the right call? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a foul. I don't. I think uh, Anthony Davis might have exaggerated it to a degree. Um, I don't think right. that should have knocked him to the ground, but I think it was a moving screen. Had they not caught that before, no question. Uh, I think Anthony Davis being on the court and falling to the ground affected that call. All right. <laughs> All right. I, I don't think that was much of a call. Right, right. Look here. You, you know, it's not like he's continuing to move. And, and yeah. you're right, Anthony put some he, – he, he put some Hollywood yeah. on it. He put okay. some Hollywood on it. Okay, but if, if you don't call that, the game is tied at that point. Maybe we're having a different conversation. And yet Anthony goes late in the game and makes the two free throws that makes it a four-point game. And then Richard mentioned Schroeder, ex-Laker, makes one off the glass if we could see this at the end. And here we go, Richard uh, uh, Richard, you got this. And the, it yep. could have been, it, yep. it looked like Austin Reeves might have gotten him. Right. It was close. Looks like he's, it looked like he got him a little bit. They could have yeah. definitely called that. I wouldn't have been surprised if they Ooh. called that and it was a four point play. Ooh. So, Richard, overall, what's your takeaway from uh, last no, night? Or they could have yeah. called, wait, wait, wait. Look, okay, look at sure. watch this, how Austin Reeves. Right. Remember, you got to give him the space to come down. You're supposed to. Remember that right. th those rules that they put in, yep. so they don't come down on somebody's heel and hurt themselves. So Austin Reed, yeah, where, where's his space to come down? So you know what I'm saying. You could call right that. here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not sure shooter yeah. called glass, but I don't know. It looked pretty pure <laughs> actually. Maybe from that angle, he did call glass. If he called glass, yeah. I mean, he, well, he's an NBA player, so yeah, they, no. they got a different kind of talent. Yeah. But. So, Richard, we, we, elated, deflated last night. What, what's, what's your emotion off that game? I'm not elated about anything right now, Skip. We're a 500 team. We were, uh, after the tournament, we were, what, four games over 500, five games over 500, feeling good, looking good. They played great in that championship for the play-in. And since then, we have not played with the same kind of effort. I mean, uh, except for the Clippers game, we yep. have not played with the same kind of intensity. And so I'm not elated about anything. I'm, I'm more indifferent. I'm more wait and see because we need to continue to win these games. We've won two in a row. Uh, they need to continue to play. Anthony Davis has played well throughout this time, so i got to give right. him credit right. you got uh, to. because we, we criticize him a ton. Have we? Yeah. Right. Let me tell you what I'm elated about. Let me tell you what I'm elated about. I'm elated about that right there. What I just heard Sherm say, and what you keep mentioning, uh, Skip, is – as, when Anthony Davis doesn't play well, we talk about it right here. Do we? So every time he plays well, we must give equal billing to that. Every time. We, we would keep bringing it up. I don't care what. We des we, he deserves that because if he plays poorly, we're going to talk about it. So all that he's doing right now, since since, since LeWayne has called him out, yep. we're doing right and giving him his just dessert because he is balling right now. He's showing you, yeah, I can take this thing over if LeBron should one day move away. Whew. You got that right. Okay, we got to get back to the National Football League because, uh, hold on, the Chiefs are only four-point favorites in sub-zero weather over the Miami Dolphins. We discuss next. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place. Whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this. Crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right. Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me. That's right. 
VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo? To that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew, ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. Chiefs coach Andy Reid scoffed about the potential below zero temperatures for Saturday night's playoff game against Miami at at Arrowhead. Reed saying, we're not having a snowball fight. Well, the, the battered Dolphins are obviously a warm weather-based team with a quarterback from Hawaii. But to Reed's point, the odds makers open the Chiefs as only a three-and-a-half point favorite, which now has been bet up to Kansas City by four. So, Michael Irvin, you being from Fort Lauderdale, does oh, this God. point spread seem about right to you? Well... Let me see. When, when, when I looked at last game, of course, that week nine game, you know, it was 21-14, uh, the, the final score. And, and, and in that game, I saw Tyreek Hill let a ball go that I thought could have been a touchdown. So I thought Miami could have won that game, even though that was across the way when they played the Chiefs here. Now, now I, 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 I see this game as about even. And you go three and a half, you know, we give three points to to the yeah. uh, home team. Mm-hmm. But but he, he, here's, what, here's what's interesting about this game. When you start talking about the weather that this is going to have and the effect that the weather's going to have on this game, you know, that ball gets heavy in cold weather like that. You have to focus more on the ball. And ironically, 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 that helps more than hurts the Chiefs because the Chiefs, they, they've had so many drops, and drops comes from a lack of focus. Yep. A lack of focus on catching the pass. Now you get in this kind of weather, that's all you do is focus on catching the pass. There is no, I'm going to run early now. Because we know, man, this ball is heavy. My hands feel like they got little knives, little needles in each one of them. So I'm trying to make sure I can put my hand in the right position to catch that football. This really may help them. And focusing on making those plays. I, I, it comes down to, I believe, though, who can run this football better. And I do believe Miami with the speed they have, they, they, they can, you know, I know they didn't do a great job last time. I believe, though, in Kansas City, this will be different. I, if the weather wasn't so bad, I would take Miami in this, I would take Miami in this game, but with the weather being where it is and the Chiefs knowing how to play in that weather, and Miami doesn't want any part of it. I, I'll end up taking the Chiefs, and, and, and I'll, so I have to say, yeah, it's about where it should be, which is they have home field advantage. That's what they're saying. It's a pretty close game, though. You agree, Rich? Yeah, the de- yeah, the, the yeah. weather's definitely helping the Chiefs. Uh, I think that's right. That's going to be a huge advantage. I think they should have ran the ball. The Miami Dolphins should have ran the ball and kept running the ball last game. Right. Raheem Mostert had 12 carries for 85 yards. He was averaging seven a, a, a carry and. I think if they would have continued on that path, they may have won that game. Uh, they did do a great job on Tyreek Hill. Irv brought up the play that could have potentially been a touchdown, but outside of that, they held him pretty much in check. They held Jalen Waddle in check. Uh, they held Tua Tagovailoa in check. And, and Spags has consistently done a great job this season against Tua Tagovailoa um, and, and, and against quarterbacks with, with explosive offenses. So I think – I. I it's very hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead in the playoffs where he's 10-2 and two and the only two losses have come to Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. I, 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 it's hard for me to think Tua Tagovailoa is going to walk into Arrowhead and walk away with the victory despite everything that the Kansas City Chiefs have gone through, all the offensive inefficiency, the drops, um, the kind of head-scratching decisions at times. I still think in the playoffs, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are a tough out. Yeah, you mean he's lost. Uh, let, me, let me say this, but, but go, what, go I ahead, thought, what I thought, what I thought, 
What I thought in that last game, I thought in that last game, because I interviewed Tyreek Hill right before that game, remember? And, and Tyreek Hill, he said he dreams about this. He thinks about it. He wanted to score so badly against his former team, remember? So Coach McDaniel went in that game trying to satisfy his superstar and understand it because I'm saying the exact same thing you're saying, Richard. They, they should have continued to run the ball, but they wanted to get the ball in the hands of Tyreek Hill. And remember, Kansas City had Snead following him all over and banging him up at the line of scrimmage. I'm saying you've shown that. Now, Mike McDaniel has to come up with something better to work around that, and that, that, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. This bad weather should play into Miami's hand also, which makes them force them to go to H-hand if most is back healthy, but, but go use H-hand in that running game more. Michael, if I didn't know better, I think you have a South Florida bias here operating because <laughs> I, I'm not seeing what you see. I, I see – the Dolphins in maybe minus five below, you know, five below zero right. temperatures. I, I see that as a recipe for disaster, a nighttime yep. disaster, because yep. every time they've gone on the road against a good team, they get exposed. And Jalen Waddle was uh, he, he was a limited participant in practice yesterday. But it sounds like game time decision sounds iffy. Mostert could be iffy. He practiced limited yesterday. So they're a beat-up, battered, you, you could go all the way to decimated football team. And if it's only Tyreek, as Richard says, with Spags, just if it's Tyreek alone, even going back to his old stomping grounds in Kansas City, I, I just don't know how much damage Spags will let just him do to that secondary. Right. And, okay, and, and let me yeah. tell you. Let me tell you what I mean by this. Let me mm -hmm. tell you what I mean then. Okay, because the weather is so badly now, what happens? Yeah, Miami has to come out of their primary game plan, yeah. which is quick game, quick game to Tyreek. Quick game to Tyreek. Well, Snead knows this. They're going to press Tyreek now. So I'm going to use Tyreek more as a decoy. I know you're going to press him and carry a safety over the top. I'm going to move him out, and I'm going to use this run game. So I'm saying the bad weather that helps you, Kansas City, and your receivers focus more, it can help Miami also because it'll get their focus off always trying to throw the ball mm. and say, let's, let's play the run game more, and let's see what happens here. Not one game has Miami said, my primary is going to be the run game and I'll build off of it. This game may be the first, and I'm saying they may discover something in understanding. They take another, taking that route, and they can take that route. Sherm just told you they were getting six or seven yards a pop, six or seven yards a pop. With that kind of speed, one or two times in the cold weather, you miss him, he's gone. Reaching those hands out, those fingers are, are, are tight. They're cold, they're frozen. Those, are, those tackles, hand finger tackles, are a little bit more difficult. That kind of speed, he could be gone. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. Mm. And even if Mostert does not play, he's still good? Right. Well, that's what I said. Even if Mostert doesn't play, he didn't play last week. H-hand, he... He could be gone. It's True. not like you're going to get the next guy yeah. that's slower. The next guy is actually faster. So that's even more right. dangerous. And, yeah, and all of these slick blocking schemes, they work better in this cold weather because people are moving a little slower. If they attack Miami, you got to shoot those gaps before those blocking schemes hit you. This is going to be more interesting than people give it, than people think. Mm. Richard. Yeah, it's definitely going to yeah. be interesting. I think Jeff Wilson, if Raheem doesn't play, Jeff Wilson Jr. is a battering ram. And, and yeah. it may be, you know, it may be more conducive to him having success in this game anyway, a cold conditions game. You talked about people not wanting to tackle. They definitely aren't going to want to tackle him. But on the other side, Pacheco runs the ball very hard. Um, he runs consistently. Hard. He runs hard. Edwards, <laughs> Olaire, Olaire, they got backs to do the same thing. So I think – you know, it could definitely be a short game if that's where it ends up on the ground, but I don't think Andy Reid's going to live on the ground with Patrick Mahomes in any conditions. I have seen Patrick play in cold weather before because in that AFC championship game <laughs> against Brady, it was very cold that day. I don't know what the wind chill was around zero, and I thought Patrick was great in that game. Brady yeah, in right. overtime was just a little greater because he converted three straight third and tens, which is almost inconceivable as they marched down for the touchdown. And obviously Patrick didn't get a chance, but 
The right. point is, I think Patrick will will throw it great in the cold. I, I think they'll throw it great against Miami's decimated defense. Obviously, there's no Bradley Chubb, Xavier Howard. So, man, M- Michael, I, I don't know, four points. I know, you, Michael, you and I have never had a dinner bet. I bet Keyshawn a bunch and Richard some. But would, would you like to, to do a dinner bet on this game? Would If I gave you four, would you take it for a dinner? Mm. <laughs> hey, well, well, first, I told you I'm taking the Chiefs because of the weather. But I, I'm telling you how this weather, oh, though, is bad so for Miami, can help Miami. Okay. Right, I'm making a case. Oh, but I'm so taking the Chiefs. Now, okay. I told you this, though, so, Skip. Yeah. If this weather wasn't this, if the weather was better, I would take Miami in that bet. Okay. In that bet, if the weather right. was better. Because I figured they, 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 they know how you're going to play Tyreek Hill now, and I would put it on Mike McDaniel to figure out a way to use that against them because that's exactly what, what's going to happen here in this game. But, I, but the weather says I can't take that bet. Okay. I can't take it. Okay. I'm a Florida boy. I know don't bet on any Florida boy going into zero degree weather. There you go. That's not good. Okay. So if I were a betting man, I was once upon a time, but I'm not anymore. But if I were, I would jump all over this. I would, I'd be all over Kansas City on this. And I would give the four to Miami because I think Kansas City could win this game by 21. I think it could get out of hand. Mm. Just because you got Tua in the cold, and it, I, I just think it's recipe for Miami disaster. Yeah, and, and and they'll try to grab all the old, all of the old glory in this in this game because remember now, everything ain't coming through Kansas City anymore. No, no, right, right, right. It's not going to be the Arrowhead Invitational this year as it's been the last five years. If they win this game right. and Buffalo wins, they'll likely have to go to Buffalo. And we can talk about that. We can cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. Richard, could you see Kansas City winning this by a lot? No. No, I don't think no. it'll be by a lot. I, you, I just can't trust their offense like that, like we have in the past, to say, hey, they're just going to get explosive. I mean, you, you talk about they'll be able to pass the ball all, all over the yard, which is true because they have Patrick Mahomes. Will they be able to catch it? That's been the concern this season. Can they catch the football? Okay. And, and will they drop it? And the, the elements will make it worse. Now, on the other side, we can talk about Tyreek Hill, but he played in Kansas City. So we, we know he's coming back to the cold, and yeah. that's not his natural element. No. But he did play there for years, no, so did. he knows how to dress. He no, knows he which did. gloves to wear. He <clears throat> knows which socks to wear. He, he'll know how to deal with these elements, which cleats to wear. This, is, this was his home stadium for a number of years, so I don't think the cold will have a huge effect on okay, him so because he's Richard, been there. I offer you then, would you like to do – a dinner on, uh, I'd give you Miami plus four. Would you take that? I don't, I, I do not got Miami in this game. Okay. Skip, I got Kansas City. Right. There we go. Right. Case closed. Right.